Um, fam, before we get to the show, our attorney has asked us to make the point that we are not in any way affiliated with what's the production company, girl? It's Cosgrove Muir Productions. And you guys, go watch the episodes. I know I don't have to tell you this. If we just sat here for an hour and said, go watch the episodes, I'd be happy with that. That's basically what we're doing, essentially, (laughs) right? (laughs) We're just using different words, but that's the vibe. (laughs) Anyway, now to the show. Girl, I am never going to get tired of talking about Unsolved Mysteries with you. When we're finished, can we just do it over again? Yeah, why not? Sure. All the time in the world, don't we? We just have all the time in the world. Um, you guys, before we get to episode three of Unsolved Mysteries, oh my God, uh, just a quick reminder, if you guys are looking for some more fun, some more hang time with G and me, join us on the Patreon, over like 150, I'm going to say it, over 150 full bonus episodes to download and binge right this second, girl. Yeah, we've been saying 140 for quite some time. It feels like a good time to bump up to 150. Yeah, it's where we do all the series, except for Unsolved Mysteries, because that's on, on this feed now. We're doing, you know, the Jinx, Making a Murderer, Don't F with Cats, Tiger King, McMillions, I'll Be Gone in the Dark. Every famous, like, multi-part series that you guys want us to cover, it's all there. It's all on the pates. Ad-free, Ad-free. We've got uh, regular episodes ad-free, including these as well. So just go check it out. It's patreon.com slash truecrimeobsessed. Or go to our website, click on the Patreon link. Girl, do you want to tell them about the merch and, like, what we're doing? Yeah, that's also on our website, truecrimeobsessed.com. And we have all of the, like, phrases that you guys like, which is still crazy to me that people want shit we say on shirts and mugs. (laughs) But you have them now. And we're, and we're donating every single cent to charities that we love. And all of those charities are also on our website. So check it out. Girl, can you tee up this episode a little bit and explain what makes this one a little bit different? Well, it's very simple. This episode is all in French. Right. This takes place in France. <laughs> very, it's actually, when you think about it, very easy. Um, it takes place in France. It's about a French family. So it's all in French. Yeah. And like we, we were saying, like there are no voiceovers. This isn't the unsolved mysteries of yore. This is like uh, the, new, the new version of it. The, the thing about it, you guys, we went back and forth about how we were going to do the clips for this one. And at one point, we were talking about like hiring voiceover actors to do... Subrat Husband Mike was going to do it because he he is an actual voiceover actor. But then Jillian said, well, she was like, well, there's a dubbed version. So we're just going to use the dubbed version. You're going to be hearing the dub the dubbers saying the words so they're not going to sound as impassioned as you're maybe used to hearing them sound in our documentaries. Right. And you might also hear because the dubbed version also has audio descriptions, <laughs> which are amazing. And it's like, it's so great for accessibility, truly. Yes, but yes. this guy's this guy's tone is very intense. So if you hear someone sort of sternly saying, close up on a picture of the sun, that's what the audio descriptions are. So they might come in and there's your narration. There we go. We're back. It all comes together. Look, you have a Helix mattress. You've been through the process of being matched through their like two minute online quiz, right? Yeah, here's the thing. I always had trouble sleeping. 2020, girl, not helping. (laughs) I have to tell you, this job, great, weird, sometimes doesn't help me. I need some help sleeping. So I took this quiz because I sleep in a bed with Mike and it's like he puts his name, my name, his preferences, how he sleeps, if he sleeps on his back, on his side, if he's a hot sleeper, if he's a cold sleeper, if he's this, that. And then it matched us up with a mattress that we both get what we need to go to sleep. 
sleep. I was like, what is this sorcery? But it works for both of us. Like, it's the right kind of firm. It's the right kind of form-fitting. It totally works. It's the Midnight Lux. I'm obsessed with it. If you're looking for a mattress, like Julian said, you take the quiz, you order the mattress that you're matched with, you can add sheets and pillows or whatever else you're looking for for your bed, and then the mattress comes right to your door within 10 business days. You don't ever need to go to a mattress store again. Those are the worst. And a pro tip from GP, get the pillows. (laughs) Totally get the pillows. Helix is awesome, you guys, but you don't have to take our word for it. Helix was awarded the number one best overall mattress pick for 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine, girl. GQ and GP together at last. (laughs) So just go to helixsleep.com slash TCO. Take their two-minute sleep quiz. They'll match you with a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. They have a 10-year warranty, and you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you're going to love it, you guys. You're going to love it. Don't embarrass us. Please. It's Helix. (laughs) Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash TCO. I can't believe I didn't wait on this. That's Helix, H-E-L-I-X, sleep.com slash TCO for up to $200 off. Girl. Even 2020 can't stop Helix. (laughs) So it's called House of Terror, girl. Like, holy shit. Not a comedy. (laughs) So someone is telling us. I saw the house all closed up. I've always seen that house with the shutters open. It was a shock. I knew something terrible had happened. They seemed like a normal family. Totally normal, but no one knows what goes on behind closed doors. And we see the outside of this house, and it's like, have you ever been to France? Uh, Yes, briefly, and then I got sick and had to come home early. Oh my God, girl, that's a terrible story. It was horrible. Oh my God. Yeah. I have been to France, I think, six times or something. I love France out of here. I, I what? Know, I know. I really, really love France. And it, this little town just looks so French, but like these townhouses are not like New York City townhouses. The no. townhouses in New York are very narrow. They're famously narrow. They're fucking cool as hell. But yeah. these townhouses in France, in this town, what is this town called? It's N-A-N-T-E-S. I was like Nantes. But I no. think they say, I think they say, no. <laughs> no. You guys, no. buckle up for this episode. And we have to like do our best to not be just stupid ass dumb Americans. I like I can say Marseille. Yes, and then Versailles. Yeah, there yeah, yeah. The point is, we see the house where this like terrible thing happened, and it's on this like very fancy looking street. But this house is boarded up, and it looks like scary as all hell. Yeah, it's it's at the same time incredibly French and incredibly scary. Right. <laughs> So we get the opening credits, we get the incredible theme music, and that silhouette of Robert Stack, which gives me the chills every I single know. time. <laughs> oh, I love it so much. And now we meet Anne-Sophie. She's our she's a journalist. She's with us throughout. And it's just, it's all the same. Basically, France lights up a room, essentially. Right. Like, it's the city of culture, <laughs> peaceful, quiet, and this great city, and... France had a great smile, you guys. Just Everybody lit loved up her. a room. Lit and, you know... <laughs> So we learn about this town, Nantes, I think is how they say it, N-A-N-T-E-S. Nantes is a large French city situated in the west of France on the Atlantic coast. It really is a city of culture. Life is fairly peaceful. Very quiet. And we learn that in 
the center of this town, there's a residential neighborhood, and it's made up of like upper middle class people, they're church going people, and holy shit, do we have to hear about them going to church all the goddamn time. And really, Aunt Sophie is just, it's exactly what you expect, where she was like, nobody saw this coming. This is unthinkable. And it's also true because it's called the House of Terror. Nobody ever sees what coming. Uh, you guys, cut to like a news footage of this church in this fancy town, and there's like all of these caskets being taken out of the church. There are so many caskets. And it's, it's one of those, it's an image where you kind of, at first, it's not hitting you what you're seeing. I know. And you're like, oh my, the caskets just keep coming. I oh know. my God. What I know. Am I, why I know. am I here? Why am I doing this to myself? Yeah. And it's like, we see the newspaper headlines and it's like House of Terror. And like, we see this house again. And like, now, now we're seeing footage of like the week that these bodies were discovered in this house. And like, when you see like a roadside memorial and you see like a lot of flowers, this is not that. This is like mountains and mountains of flowers in front of this house. Like, this family was beloved in this fancy little town. And also, like, years later, I don't subscribe to this at all, but, like, years later, it became almost a tourist attraction. It's a house where, after 2011, people slowed down or stopped to see what we call the House of Horror. Everyone wanted to walk by this House of Terror, and to that I say... No, don't do that. I know you do it. To that I say, what's the address, girl? <laughs> I'm so awful. I googled the house. I've already seen inside of it. I've already done the street view. Like I'm, I'm like I'm that bitch that wants to see all this shit. No, wait. If you and I went to Nantes, France, would you not want to go see this house? No, I, for I. <laughs> in a certain way like to call it a tourist attraction makes it sound really really gross and this is something like I went to Salem you go to the witch house in Salem but yeah. it, to me it's more like seeing the history of what happened and like understanding it but to be like oh my god that's where they all were murdered like to me that's like don't do that yeah it's a, you can let yourself off the hook for the witch house like that's actually a major part of American it's like culture historical yeah. <laughs> thing. you can go ahead and let yourself off the hook for that so we we then meet Estelle the neighbor and she is she's with with us throughout and we just learned that like she lives in this fancy neighborhood because like she lives on the same block as the family right and she's a seamstress and she's like i met them because like they would bring me their clothes and they brought some work in for me i did alterations for the children for Agnes. And I ironed the husband's shirts. That just seems so French to me. Like the local neighborhood seamstress just lives down the block. Yeah, that was what my grandmother was. My dad's mom. She was a seamstress. She, that's why she made all my Halloween costumes. And I. Oh like, had my great, God, I love was, it. Her mother was a seamstress too. How Italian is that? How can you afford to live in that neighborhood like as a seamstress? And good for you, Estelle. You know why? Because no one can fix a goddamn button. Everyone needs the, your help. Oh shit, you're a seamstress? Can you make this dress have pockets? <laughs> but Estelle also tells us- I saw the family regularly. I'd see Agnes picking up the children from school daily. I watched them pass the store every day. So it was a really lively, busy house. So let's meet the family. All right. So Count Xavier, he's a count, everyone. A count. That's the father. Uh, but, you know, successful businessman, great personality, so quick to laugh. Who cares? I hate him. <laughs> he also has, like, a really weird broken tooth, but, like, still is in a lot of pictures with, like, a And no big... one talks about it? No. No one talks about the tooth. <laughs> I know. Not even the audio description guy doesn't mention the tooth. I know. I know. And, like, look, I come from a long line of bad tooth people. Like, I've spent more time with a dentist than anybody I know. So I'm bad not making fun of them. Bad tooth people? Yes. We have really soft teeth in my family. <laughs> 
and it's really bad. <laughs> but like, you would think that he would smile with his mouth closed. That's all I'm saying. He's a monster. <laughs> right. You know who's not a monster? Agnes. Agnes is the mother. She's a yes. Catholic school teacher. And they have four kids. So Arthur is the oldest. He's 20 years old. Thomas, they call Toma. Here's the thing. I feel like an asshole if I say Toma. I feel like I haven't earned the right to say. <laughs> well, then this is going to be a real long episode. <laughs> Thomas is 18, shy, loves musicology, and 16, gorgeous models for mail order catalogs. My, my only pet peeve here, they spend 15 minutes telling us she's a model. Then they like throw away that she's the best student in the family. Could you have opened with how smart she is? No, she's a girl. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I know. And Not she... even Unsolved Mysteries is, no, is, is safe. <laughs> um, and then Benoit, he's the youngest. He's 13. He plays the drums. So there's like their musical, creative, nice, fun family. And so that's the thing about like, oh my God, the shutters were closed. That's, right. that's why it was a big deal. It was like the sound of music, hanging out the windows, uh. making, you know, just make, they were just like fun, like vivacious people. Can I say one thing? I googled a counts. I was like, what is a count? Like, you hear, like, the Countess Luann and the count, whatever. Like, is a count very fancy? Guys, it actually turns out counts aren't very fancy. They're, like, in the lineage of, like, royals in Europe. And get ready. We're going to have to talk about this bullshit for a lot of this episode. But, like, in the hierarchy of, like, the where do the counts fall, they're Mm. just somewhere in the middle. They're not that fancy. Okay. Still, I love that the only countess you know is Countess Luann from The Real Housewives. That's the only one I can think of. Money can't buy your class. Girl. So it's Monday, April 11th, 2011. It's 2 p.m. And the seamstress neighbor has not seen the Xavier family all day. And she is totally freaking out. And on top of that, there's a note on the mailbox that says, essentially, stop leaving mail here. Thanks. Bye. But in French. It literally says, the translation is stop leaving mail here. To which I said, kind of blunt in France no and just like how suspicious is hi please don't deliver mail here anymore (laughs) just get your mail forwarded I know and then I saw the closed shutters I said that's so weird I just felt something was wrong the shutters were always open even when they went on vacation they were always open. And so, you know, remember that Estelle, the neighbor, like, feels like she's, like, part of the family. Like, she's the one that's telling us that the house is always, like, lit up with people and kids and music and whatever. And the house is just empty and the shutters are closed and she is like, something is going on here. And I was like, if that were me, I would have just been like, wait, did they move and not tell me? Are we not as close as I thought we were? They're mad at you. Everyone right. is mad at you. <laughs> And I'm only saying that because I know because everyone's always mad at me all the time. So I'm an expert on people being mad and the feeling of they hate me now, right? Like it's over now. It's all like all of it's over. So, you know, after two days of this just very weird feeling that she has, she she calls the police and she's like, can you please just check in? I Like, I know the only suspicious thing is that the shutters are closed, but prom- yeah. I promise you this is a big deal. Yeah. So they go and the police that show up are, are local and they just do like this home check in to see if everything's OK. And they get in and everything's like, everything looks fine. Oh, except that everything was stripped from the beds. I was hoping you were going to say that because it took me until my second watching to really get this. They're like, everything was totally normal except like the duvets and bed sheets were missing and the hairs on my arms stood up. I know. And so they, they tr- they're they trying to say kind of like, you know, and this is for you, Steve, because I know you do this. You kind of, you clean up the apartment before you go oh for, go away for like a, a several days so that yeah. when you come back, it's like, oh, it's the best. All of that seemed totally normal. 
And the police felt the residents had left voluntarily. There was nothing that necessitated launching a formal police investigation. The cops are trying to be like, no, it just looked like they left on their own accord and they were just straightening up. But no one strips the bed. Like, what are you saying? Like, it, it, it immediately makes zero sense to me. And Estelle, the neighbor, and I fucking hate this. When, like, people in charge don't listen to the people who are making perfect fucking sense. Estelle is saying, like, look, a, like a couple of their cars were still there. And to which I was like, these people are rich. But a yeah. couple of their cars are still there. There's only one car missing. It's the C5, which I guess if you are European, that might mean something to you. But I guess it's a small car. And she is saying none of them are here. It is six people and two dogs and suitcases. There is no fucking way they all could have fit in that small car that's the only car that is missing something is wrong and she's like i don't know but if you think about it it's obvious you know the police were staring at me and listening like they thought what has she been smoking this all seems so solvable to me like he owns a business so find his colleagues and find out what what he told them she teaches catholic school go find her colleagues the kids go to school find out if any of their friends like i'm not talking shit about france i fucking love france but like cops do you not know how to ask questions over there girl well so more questions are about to arise because now the letters get here so to sort of answer our question it turns out they're being sent to estelle the seamstress they're being sent to their friends and neighbors like over a couple days a bunch of these letters arrive and so the letters are from xavier and agnes allegedly and now this gave me a pause too because i was like wait what from agnes too there these letters are typed and they're not signed you guys the letters explain that okay well as you know i I had links to the U.S. The Americans have recruited me to infiltrate an international drug ring. As you know, I've had links to the United States, and I've been recruited by the American government to infiltrate an international drug ring. So Xavier is basically saying... I know it's very obvious and he's like you know this is going to be hard we're Mm -hmm. not going to you're not going to see us for a while and here's the thing because the thing is we're going to change our identity and be under protection and we won't be reachable at all so do us a favor keep it a secret so you know it's been great knowing you but now I'm working undercover for the DEA this is so crazy to which like somebody actually says you know in France he was very well liked so the people who received these letters were like maybe and I'm thinking who is falling for this like like even if you sent me a letter like this you just vanished off the face of the earth you sent me a typed letter that's not signed I in air quotes I sent you this exactly I'm like why do these people believe that they would be allowed to send a letter saying so we're going super deep undercover exactly and we're only allowed to tell 14 people yeah I've seen all four seasons of Better Call Saul you guys I know this is not how this shit works yes (laughs) and the show that came before Breaking Bad yes you know how much money it takes to go to that guy at the vacuum store and get a new life, a new identity? Come on. And then you end up working at a pretzel place in the mall. You can't talk to anybody. The I whole know how this point works. is that you can't tell anybody. Right. And also, witness protection. I know a thing or two about a thing or two. You don't say no. a word to anybody. Travel Thrive Market is back. I'm really trying to simplify my life. So the whole thing about Thrive Market, right? It's an online membership-based market on a mission to make healthy living easy and affordable for everyone. So I actually applied this to my life because we've been using Thrive Market here and there. Mm -hmm. I really have a hard time finding food I can eat like for random things, like for breakfast or like a snack before dinner because I'm gluten-free. And so I went to Thrive Market. I'm like, I'm just going to order this. I'm going to like find stuff to have in the house and I'm just going to keep getting it at Thrive Market. And it has really, really helped me. 
That's so great. We found these like amazing protein bars that are gluten-free that I can eat. This amazing pasta that I love. And then like the naughty snacks, they have those too that are also gluten-free and you get a handful of those. Because you're a member, you get all the great prices, right? That's the thing about it. The membership means that you get these amazing deals. It's also just hard to find that stuff other places. And they have that for other kinds of diets too. Like they're great for vegan, they're great for paleo, they're great for keto. So if you're looking for these things and you're tired of like going to the grocery store and like obsessively reading labels while 80 people are trying to pass you, just go to Thrive Market and get it all there, you guys. And you can get beauty supplies, like clean vegan beauty supplies, supplements, non-toxic home stuff, ethical meat, sustainable seafood. When we say everything, we mean everything. It's one of those sponsors that I like used once because they were a sponsor and now it's like a major part of my life. (laughs) Yeah, and all their products are ethically sourced. I know. You can get everything there and not worry about like, okay, well, what about the seafood? Is it sustainable? But I really like the gluten-free stuff. Girl, it's okay. (laughs) Take a breath. It's all right. Place the order. You're saving money. You're good. You guys, go check it out. What else are you doing? Go to thrivemarket.com slash TCO. Join today and you'll get a free gift of your choosing up to $24 in value. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash TCO to start your risk-free membership and get a free gift today. That's thrivemarket.com slash TCO. You guys, simplify your life. Just get it delivered. <laughs> so then we meet this guy, Oh my Bruno. God. Bruno, okay, wait, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give a go at his name. Bruno de Stabenrath. His last name is Stabenrath, you guys. I'm going with Bruno. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and Bruno is here to tell us, uh, classic Xavier. Just like <laughs> classic Xavier. It's classic Xavier de Liganess. Hey everybody. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Big surprise. We've been transferred to the United States. That's totally Xavier. I can hear his voice. We learned that this guy, Bruno, and Xavier, they grew up in Versailles together, and now we're, like, driving around Versailles with Bruno in his fucking convertible. Bruno drives a car in a city. A caption reads, Versailles, France. He stops at a busy intersection, saying... The traffic is insane, huh? I just, I don't like this guy. He's I don't tell- He's saying that they've known each other since they were 16, and he says, we became friends right away, and I just, I was reading the subtitles, and I heard him say, toot sweet. We became best friends right away. Toot sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, I, thought, I- yeah. <laughs> I got it. I totally caught that too. So Bruno's here to tell us that really the reason they're best friends is because they're both nobility. So they totally get what it's like to be like super fancy. He was like, he's a count. His dad was a count. They had musketeers. There was a castle. And I'm like, I believe like half of this maybe. (laughs) First of all, I did not have time to goog musketeers. I know that Leonardo DiCaprio was in a movie about it, but like, I don't understand what the musketeers are. They use muskets. It's not tough. They're people who used muskets. And he's saying that, like, they lived in, they grew up in Versailles, which is like the home of the palace of King Louis XIV, and that there's all these aristocratic Catholic families. And that's us, girl. We're that aristocrat. And he is the one who talks about, like, nobility and lineage and sons. This is, if you guys think we're ever talking about the daughter again, forget it. We never mention the daughter again. Right. And the reason Bruno is here to tell us this is because, like, Agnes, the wife, fell in love with Xavier when they were really young, like 16. 17 she was beautiful and smart but Xavier or Xavier because he's a typical man longed for adventure so he had to break up with this like beautiful smart badass woman because he wanted to like see the world so he see he does whatever he does he comes home and guess what Agnes wasn't sitting around waiting for the goddamn phone to ring. She is out living her life, doing her thing. Like, what? The look on your face. I love it so much. How dare you think Agnes is just going to sit 
there waiting for you. But then he's like, oh, wait, wait. Not only was she not sitting around for him, she's pregnant with somebody else's baby, and this piece of shit ditches her. As far as we know, see, I've got questions about this. Because yeah. what happens is Xavier comes home. He, he like, reconnects with, with Agnes. They, like, rekindle their, like, romance, but she's pregnant with somebody else's baby. And then, like, Bruno, this fucking dirtbag, tells us, like, what a great guy Xavier is. He marries her anyway, even though she committed the cardinal she's sin. damaged goods. Damaged with, goods. You know, like, ugh. I know, like, the unwed, mo- like, the whole garbage nonsense. To my great surprise, he chose to marry Agnès and keep her baby. That is, to adopt him and give him his name, Arthur Dupont de Ligonnès, which in Versailles, you just didn't do. You didn't marry an unwed mother, a girl who had had a baby outside of marriage. I found that very courageous of Xavier to take that initiative. But my question is, we are just to assume that the the father of the child had abandoned her, but what if he didn't? What if like she know. abandoned him? Like we don't know. We don't. Uh, yeah, we, don't we have know. no idea. Yeah. So, but what this means is the oldest son, Arthur, is not Xavier's biological son. Right. And as stupid as this fucking French nobility shit is, he like brings him into it and like gives him his name. And Xavier seems like a great guy. Like everybody in this episode before like he brutally murders his whole family is talking about like what a, what a great guy he is. And honestly, in this moment, he seems like a good person. Yeah, because Bruno is like, well, in Versailles, you just don't do that. Like right. marry some unwed <laughs> idiot and take her son who's not noble. And I'm just like, calm down, Versailles. Shut up. So... I'm so over it. Like, it's who so cares? stupid. I'm sorry. Like, I, how do I say this? Like, I'm interested in Meghan Markle and Harry, but like, I'm interested in it in that, like, I know nothing about it, but I think it's interesting. But like, the, just I, like the royal family in general. Yeah. Like, I, like, I understand the, the sort of like fascination with it from a distance, but to live in, a, in an actual caste system sounds bananas to me. Why are we like are participating in this? Are you shocked to find out that I don't give a shit about the royal family? I've never followed. <laughs> the weddings I don't stay up to watch the weddings I'm okay I get it is it that all there is to it aren't they like five or six hours ahead why are the wet why are we staying are they, are they getting married at four in the morning like what's happening we watch it at four in the morning because uh, they get married in the at like 11 or whatever it is. or it's it, everything starts the fanfare starts right. whatever <laughs> so Anne Sophie this journalist she's like can we er, can we review real quick I so <laughs> what we've learned so far is this super successful businessman from a noble family that has a very long lineage that means a lot to a lot of people just wrote an eight page letter that's not me just making up a number an eight page letter explaining that oh hold up i'm actually a spy for the u.s government and here's a letter a notarized letter to prove it and also don't tell anybody and you're never gonna see or hear from us again like and and then like the people in the town are like okay checks out i guess you know who doesn't believe it agnes's family right they're like fuck this i literally put agnes's family comma the smartest people in france are like no bitch yeah them and estelle are like hello can someone pay attention (laughs) they drove to america in that c5 car i don't think so so agnes's family doesn't believe any of this for a second so they take the letter and they send it to the district's attorney's office and they're like can we look into this please thank you but agnes family sent the letters to nantes city prosecutor saying listen this guy is telling all kinds of bizarre tales. Agnes would never leave the kids without making a phone call. Then a couple days later, this all started on April 11th. By April 15th, the police were returned to the house again. And the police will learn, go to the house like 
10 or 11 times and yeah. every time they discover something new and I'm like what were you looking at the first <laughs> six times like every time they go they're like oh this is weird oh yeah. now this is weird <laughs> so on this on this trip they learn that oh all the photos have been taken out of their frames and all of these empty frames have been left all over the house and one of the cops is like the police find that photos are missing from their frames like when someone leaves and takes the pictures that are dear to them and I'm like <laughs> nobody does that <laughs> You do that if, like, if you take also everything else. Right. No one's taking the bedding and the pictures out of frames no. and leaving in a car the size of a shoebox. That is not a thing that happens. No. Ever. Oh, God. This is so, like, it's so, we're back to the word ghoulish, girl. Like, I'm just thinking about, like, all of the days and hours that nobody is in that house and, like, what the energy of the inside of that home must be like with all the shutters closed and, like. Yeah. It's, oh. like, like evil, like, is festering. It's, yes. like, the God. longer it is dark, the more, like, evil and ominous it all becomes yes. you know <laughs> so yeah so they go back on the like they go back on april 18th for the third visit nothing 19th 20th nothing each time they saw nothing then april 21st the police find something strange under the terrace now i again in googling the shit out of this house like the terrace i think is what we would call a back porch yes they just keep calling it terrace it's a porch for sure and so there's like a back porch and then there's like three feet of space and then there's dirt like under Underneath it. And so the as the cops are like inching closer to like what's down there, the district attorney is finally holding a press conference, like somewhere else in town, saying, like, you know what, you guys, it actually is weird, girl, that this family just vanished. And like this all happens kind of at once where like yeah. the cops like di- like sort of dig up under the porch and they find bodies. And this happens in the middle of the press conference. Then suddenly the prosecutor halted the press conference and went to the phone. The prosecutor came back and said, listen, we're going to put this press conference on hold. The press knew something was up. Now everyone there, all the press knows full well that something gigantic just happened in this case. And yeah. he's like, uh... BRB. And they're like, what? (laughs) But what they find is so horrible. So they find these really large trash bags underneath this porch. And the bodies are in the bags. The bodies are tied up. They're wrapped in the blankets. All the bedding that was just like everyone took with them on their trip with the pictures. No. They were under the porch. So the bodies were wrapped in the blankets. They were put in plastic bags. There's a small religious icon next to each body. A little candle, a cross. That illustrates it's an imitation of a religious burial. It also shows that there's an affectional bond between the perpetrator and the buried bodies. It's as though what they had discovered was a Catholic burial. But it wasn't in a cemetery. It was under a terrace in a garden. So a couple of things to know. Number one, the bodies of all four children, the two dogs and the mom, are there. The mom and th- and three of the siblings and the two dogs are buried in one grave, and the brother, Tomas, is buried in a separate grave. So the, de- the body of the dad is not there. And so, like, he, like, immediately becomes the prime suspect. And so, like, Interpol is notified, and basically, like, an international manhunt happens, like, right away. Yeah, and then we meet, like, the family lawyer who's like, Oh, my God. Um, there's no way he did I know it's like the husband always did it. I know that. Right. And I know he's nowhere to be found. Right. <laughs> For many friends, it's impossible that Xavier is the murderer. We know the individual. We know the man. And we know it's not possible. Where they found the bodies, it's very low down. Between the ground and the balcony, it's very low. And Xavier had terrible back pain. He always complained about his bad back, which kept him from bending. And, you know, I 
actually, now that we're talking about it, uh, Xavier has a bad back. I don't know if you know this. And there's no way he could have just crawled under this porch and buried the bodies there. The family attorney is saying to us, Xavier has back problems. There's no way he could have killed his family, too. Which I said, girl, see if that holds up in court, girl. Yeah, these provable back problems, I, where do they come from? It's like, what are you talking about? And then everyone else is just saying to us, like, this doesn't make any sense. This guy, this dad was like the mother hen. He always knew where his kids were. He was really involved in their lives. He hugged them all the time. And the the note that I have made is that, like, we've covered enough of these cases to know he didn't kill them out of malice, you guys. He didn't kill them because he was mad at them. I literally made the note. I cannot wait to find out about the money problems. It's always that. It's one of two things in these, like, family side, as they call them, cases, where it's either, like, like, I love my family so much and I'm about to be found out that I'm a total fraud and my kids are going to be disappointed in me and my wife isn't going to love me anymore so I have to kill everybody. Or it's like the Susan Cox Powell case where it's like, I'm not going to get to raise my kids so nobody's going to get to raise my kids. Ugh. It's always one of those two fucking things. And for the record, it's always the wrong decision. Right? Yes, like of that, course. Like those two things are never the right idea, you guys. No, Assholes. no, no. I mean, but like in their twisted brains, they don't kill them because they don't love them. They kill them because they love them too much in in air quotes you know yes yes oh 100 percent travel down the road back again girl simply safe is back yes every 26 seconds there's a break-in in this country i see her every 26 seconds and i say i've been broken into while i was at home and asleep two times in my life before i got simply safe i was gonna say that was your pre simply safe lifestyle so here's a question for you you just moved yeah you put in the simply safe right of course so we've actually had the simply safe moved from three different apartments <laughs> deal about how like any dumb idiot like me can put it up themselves in under an hour I'll tell you what else you can take it back down and put it back up just as easily you guys it's one of those things where it's like okay you have your new place you set up the simply safe now you can kind of go about your life as long as that's up there you're feeling a little safer about the new home you do this yourself and it's easy like that's the thing that like is a major barrier to entry for these things right but this is really simple yeah no one's coming to your house there's no technician there's no salesperson trying to upsell you anything Ugh. it's just the simply safe you deal with it in a half an hour bada bing bada boom you're on with your life safely. Yeah, there's also no contract, no hidden fees, and no installation costs, mostly because you're doing it yourself. Exactly. <laughs> this is why U.S. News and World Report named Simply Safe best overall home security of 2020. I'm going to say it again. Broken into twice while I was home and asleep before Simply Safe hasn't happened once since. And if it did, I think that person would run for their lives. I think so too. Right now, visit simplysafe.com slash TCO and get a free security camera plus a 60-day risk-free trial with any new system order. There's nothing to lose. You don't want to live out the plot of that movie The Strangers that keeps me up at night. Oh my god. <laughs> it's horrible. I can't even talk about it. That movie is really the scariest. If they had just had Simply Safe. I know it's spooky season but it's too spooky for spooky season. I can't do it. So go today, right this minute to simplysafe.com slash TCO. Simplysafe.com slash TCO. Don't live out The Strangers. I don't know what else you need to know. I mean like if that doesn't scare the bejesus out of you, nothing will. I'll hang with Liv Tyler but I'm not gonna do the whole totally. thing with Strangers. Absolutely not. <laughs> So now, you know, there's the funerals and now the investigation starts. And we learn that the autopsy showed that the children either took or were given 
sleeping pills. I'm yeah. saying were given sleeping pills. A million and, percent. And Agnes didn't have any in her system, but she was using the sleep apnea machine. Right. So, and the reason this is important is because they discovered that the machine stopped working like at 3 a.m., which is the actual w- witching hour. I don't know if it's 3.01 or if it's 3.08 <laughs> or if it's actually 3 a.m. Yeah, yeah. But it stopped working in the morning of like the 3rd or 4th of April. So they know that, okay, so in the middle of the night, this all happens. And they think that the mom went first and then the kids and we learn and I'm only telling you guys this detail because it becomes important later we learn that each of the children were shot twice with um, a specific kind of bullet from like a specific kind of gun and they they really want us to know that no one was caused any pain like they were they were given sleeping pills and then yeah. he shot them it, this doesn't change anything I'm not I, you know I'm, I don't get I don't go easy on anybody but no, what I'm yeah. saying is if it makes you the listener feel better like there was no suffering right. here they weren't tortured in any way like he just drugged them and shot them and I hate him but here's the crazy thing and this is a thing that I can't that I still can't figure out there was no trace of blood in the bedrooms there was no blood in the living room nothing in the foyer or in the bathrooms nothing on any wall any furniture the ground in other words there was zero blood Five victims. A total mystery. How could someone kill five people in one house and leave no trace of blood? I mean, we know that the dad did this, right? He killed them with this gun in their in their sleep. There was not a trace of blood anywhere in the house. Yeah. Like, the cops were in there five or six times before they found the bodies in the backyard. There was no blood anywhere, and I, I have no explanation for that. I don't either, and this is gonna be, this is gonna be a real, this is a very ghoulish thing I'm gonna say, and I hate that I'm even saying it and thinking of it. Yeah. He killed the two dogs, too, yeah. and I think he had to, he had to have killed them first, because they would go ballistic. Yes, for sure. The dogs would be run, and they would be, like, running around in the blood, like, those are more, yes. those are, like, the paw prints. So he was thinking Thinking ahead is what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, totally. He was, like, planning this. Right. I just don't know how it's possible. Like, did he cover the house in, pl- like, how? How is this possible? I don't know how it's possible. And then to wrap them up in the bedding that ne- didn't have any blood or anything on it. Right. So, like, where did this all come from if it happened in their sleep? And to me, like, that's a huge part of this mystery that we didn't, inve- that wasn't investigated. That is the only unsolved mystery here. Yeah. Then we learned, like, that in the early 2000s, Xavier and his family tried to relocate to Florida to which I just went well somebody doesn't listen to this podcast (laughs) like you're this rich fancy count from France and you're coming to America fine I can accept that but you're relocating to Florida no offense Florida but no one is going to mistake Florida for Paris is all I'm saying for Versailles of all places yeah like royalty (laughs) right you know what I'm saying right they thought it would be simple when actually it wasn't so they try that before settling back in France due to this failed American dream they more or less have spent all their money so I don't know if they spent all their money or they you know they couldn't get jobs they didn't like it there I don't know what the issue was necessarily but they couldn't make it in Florida and it was it was a failed experiment That's the truth. I I wasn't making a joke. I was actually like, they just, it didn't work out. The mean streets of Orlando, you guys. The thing is, this attempt at moving to the, like relocating for good to the U.S. completely financially wipes them out. Girl, where did you spend, did you invest in that, like, that timeshares of the Queen of Versailles people who live in Florida? Like, where did your money go? Queen of Versailles, that bitch is in Florida. Of course she is. Queen of Versailles. (gasps) Maybe they were trying to move into her house. They got lost and confused. Confused? Agnes is too smart for that. She'd right. never, she'd never fall for the stupid Queen of Versailles. 
God. I remember when we recorded that, you were like, girl, you were really mad at that episode. Like, I don't know if this is going to be a good one. I was like, fuck it. I'm not doing it again. I hate those people. (laughs) That's what it is. That's what the episode is. Absolutely not. So they're back in France. They're broke. And I was just thinking, too, like, poor Agnes is like, girl, what have I gotten myself into? We tried to move to Florida. I know. I just I feel the mystery of what happened to her when he was like going to see the world and she was living her life. Like, I I know uh, my heart breaks for her. So, you know, of course, like, I mean, you called it. Yeah. He was never the successful businessman. It was never this perfect family. So eventually he'll have to leave his house, etc. This is going to be serious with severe consequences. He was about to be found out, to be someone unsuccessful. He's vain, proud. He doesn't want to lose face. He doesn't want his children to find out he's got no money, that he's ruined. It's like he was on a mission to save his children from disgrace, from finding out their father didn't have the life people thought he had. Everyone, including his family, is about to find out what a failure and a liar he's been his entire life. So now, January 20th, 2011, so this is three months before the murder, we find out that Xavier's dad dies. And we meet the neighbor, this guy, Michael Clavelli, and he says, I lived in the same building as the Count. To which I said, isn't the Count supposed to like live in a castle with a moat and some shit? Well, my first thing was like, all right, fancy. This Michael guy, like, he must live in this really amazing place. And the thing is, and now I'm thinking, well, is Bruno also full of shit? Because we learned that, like... I'm going to go with yes, girl. I'm going to give you a hard yes on that. Yeah. Xavier's dad just, like, lives in an apartment, and he's a neighbor with this guy, Michael. Like, he's not living in Versailles. He's not nobility. And that's fine. Yeah, so it's this whole thing where, like, we, we just learned that the dad lived out his final years like in squalor. He was sort of like spirited away to this apartment wherever the hell it is, next door to Michael Cl- Cl- next door to Michael Cl- Calvin. Next door to this Michael guy. And <laughs> <laughs> boop, next to this ne- ah, fuck it, this Michael guy. I did my best, you guys. I really wanted to be Clavelli. It's not. So anyway, Michael calls Xavier. He's like, girl, your dad died. You need to come and like clean out the apartment. I kind of also get the sense that Xavier and his dad weren't really close or whatever. No. So he gets there and basically Xavier, three months before the murders, is tearing his dad's apartment upside down trying to find any cash, any cash anywhere. Yeah. And he wants to see if there was any money left to him. He yeah. wants to see the paperwork. But he's really, really interested in finding this ring. This It's the Signet ring. Yeah. Is that what it is? I get it's again with the nobility nonsense. It's like an heirloom. It's super valuable. Like a lot of people, a lot of men wear it on their pinkies, which I just can't. Um, I know, girl. Please try going to a cigar club in Queens. It's like horrible. (laughs) It's pinky rings until the cows come home. He tried to find out if there was any money set aside. And apparently, he didn't find anything. In fact, he told me there wasn't anything. So those words came from Xavier's own mouth. And then there's a second event, critical to this case. Xavier discovers that there's no money, but he does find a weapon, a 22 caliber long rifle. So Xavier doesn't find what he's looking for, but he does leave with a 22 caliber rifle, which is the murder weapon. And this is three months before the murders. So like that was in January, February 2nd, 2011. Xavier obtains a firearms license to which I just thought, oh my God, this guy is like, okay, I'm going to take this gun and kill my whole family, but I'm going to 
gonna do it on the up and up, you guys. I'm gonna get a license to do this. Yeah, and then also though, a month later, in Mar- on March 12th, he buys a silencer. So he's really making sev- like really, really clear plans. Listen, being from Queens and a self-identified mafia princess, I have sure. a question for you. <laughs> Why? What is it when you identify me as right. a, a, <laughs> a self-identified a... by me mafia princess? <laughs> I don't... Why do silencers exist? The only reason you would need a silencer is to murder somebody. Why? Why do they exist? Right. Maybe hunting? Could it be for hunting? I guess. And it's impossible. Right. But it's like, how do we monitor how someone uses a silencer? Right. We can't, is the answer. <laughs> I guess we just have to count on people to not murder their entire families. You know what I've learned? What? We can't do that either. I know. <laughs> it's horrible, but we can't, we can't even do that. We can't count on that, you guys. We Shit. just cannot count on it. So then we get this story about Tomas. So remember, Tomas is the, he's not the oldest. I think he's the second oldest, but he's Xavier's oldest biological child. So like the heir, as Bruno wants us exactly. to know. Like the heir, but like for what? Like the dad doesn't have any money. And I, I just don't understand. Like Bruno is trying so hard to get us to think that there's this like, this like light, this like beautiful light at the end of the tunnel filled with all this riches, all these riches. And it's just not no. there. And so we learned that like the weekend of the murders, the entire family was together Saturday and Sunday. Sunday, Tomas included. Tomas goes to like a boarding school. And so he goes back to school on Sunday. Sunday night into Monday is when these murders happen. But Tomas isn't there. So the dad calls Tomas on Tuesday. This dad is such a piece of shit. I know. And Tuesday, Xavier calls Thomas and tells him, listen, you have to come back. Your mother has had a bicycle accident. She's in a hospital, in a coma. We don't know if she'll come out of it. It's very serious. You have to come home. This is like cr- so cruel and I know. evil to do to your to your kid. To do to anybody, really. And then again, I've got 10 million questions. Tomas comes home. Not only is his mom not there because she's a, like in the hospital or whatever, but like all of his siblings and the dogs who have all been murdered are not there either. And there's no bedding anywhere and all of the pictures are out right. of frames. And also, if it's just such an emergency, Emergency, why didn't he just go straight to the hospital? I know. Why? I know. Because we, we see like the, in the reenactment, like they're sitting at home. It's like Xavier and Tomat. They're sitting at home, like having cocktails or right. whatever. I know. Why aren't you going straight to the hospital? But be, and it's not, it's, I'm not blaming Thomas at all. No, it's of Xavier manipulating the situation and saying like, oh, visiting hours are closed. Like, let's just kick back and relax. And then we'll, we'll go see her tomorrow. But like, where are the siblings? What's the answer for where are the or siblings? The dogs. Or, yeah, the, or dogs. the dogs. Or whatever. Like, I just, you're not texting your sister to be like, oh my God, mom's in a Like, what is the story there? I need more information. Yeah. The last we hear from Tomas is at midnight when he sends a text message to a friend. His friend gets back to him. It's a little after midnight. And the message will remain unanswered. After that midnight text, he's never heard from again. And we are to assume that he was given the cocktail with the sleeping medicine and was murdered and then buried in the backyard. And that's why he was buried in a separate grave. Right. Travel down. Glossier is a new sponsor. Look, they sent you a bunch of stuff. I know you're super excited about it. Do you want to just tell me everything? Yeah, I think people have been listening. You know I love the skincare. Yeah. So Glossier is where it's at for that kind of thing. And my favorite thing about this is that they want you, the consumer, to like help them make the products. They want to know your routine, what's easier, what you love for sensitive skin, for dry skin. And so they have an open conversation with the community about what we want and what we need. And I'm like, Glossier, yes. I see the words moisturizing moon mask and I know we're about to have a convo. Come on. <laughs> it's this amazing 
amazing mask. It's 20 minutes, but it makes your skin feel so soft and smooth. And it's like a glow. And I don't like licorice. At least I thought I didn't. <laughs> but it's like this licorice and lemon fruit extract kind of thing. And it totally smooths and evens out your complexion. Oh, There's like honey in it. I thought I was the only fruit you needed, girl. You are, but not on my face. <laughs> and you can leave it on overnight, too. So you wake up and you're like, oh, who's this dewy beauty? Oh, it's just me. <laughs> No problem. Dewy Beauty. Oh, my God. Hero Bell for the Body Hero Daily Oil Wash. Tell me everything. It's water activated, and there's, like, the soft foam that happens, and you can also use it as, like, a shaving cream substitute, and it's orange blossom. Oh, my God. Because, <laughs> you know, orange blossom is supposed to make you feel energized. So it's this, like, total spa, foamy experience, <laughs> and, girl, all I want to do is take a shower now. You guys get skincare plus body care optimized for real life by visiting Glossier.com slash podcast slash TCO. Right. And for a limited time, new customers can get 10% off your first order. But the deal expires soon, so you have to act fast. So that's Glossier, G-L-O-S-S-I-E-R.com slash podcast slash TCO. Go get that foamy orange blossom shower oil thing. And the moisturizing moon mask. Has anything <laughs> ever been made for me? More? <laughs> So it's April 21st, right? This is the day the bodies are found. And all of a sudden, the, the cops are searching. They're, they're searching for Xavier. But three weeks have gone by. And in this whole three-week period, when the, like, the entire family was missing, the cops weren't listening to the neighbor. They weren't listening to Agnes's parents. They were like, no, girl, like they told us. They went to Florida to join the FBI or whatever. <laughs> Did you not get one of those A-page letters? Oh, I guess you're not at the cool kids club. Like, what are you talking about? And so the other thing, too, is they're like, so now they're searching and they're searching the restaurants and hotels. It struck me as very French that the first place they're looking is restaurants. I know. It's like, we get it. We the food's good, it. you guys. Like, the food in France is actually really good. Very quickly, on April 22nd, they find Xavier Dupont de Lyonnais's car in the parking lot of a small Formula One hotel in roquebound sur darens in the south. So, like, April 21st is when the bodies are discovered. April 22nd, they locate his car. If they just started searching when Agnes's parents begged them to, we wouldn't be talking about this and they wouldn't be on Unsolved Mysteries. I know. They, it took them a day to find his car I after know. they finally realized, oh, well, maybe these, maybe these two women I mean I know they're idiots but maybe they're not all that crazy like isn't that so frustrating that it didn't take them a long time the minute they actually tried I know the minute they started trying they found the car and like they immediately put together a timeline of like exactly what happened the massacre of the family took place the nights of April 3rd and 4th next day Thomas is killed April 6th Xavier seen outside his house the police discover that Xavier spent the whole week inside the house. Xavier spent that entire week inside the house, not seeing mm. anybody. So is he cleaning all the blood? Like, I, I, who knows what's going on, but he's not seen for a week. And then they discovered that one week after the murders, Xavier Dupont de Lyonnais took his car and left Nantes. We know that because his car got flashed by a speed camera between Nantes and La Rochelle. And then, and then he's just really having a nice little joyride for himself, stopping at every restaurant in town and paying with a credit card everywhere he goes. And the point that they're saying is that he's not trying to hide. So this is where the mystery part comes in, which right. is like, what's going on here? He's either a man who's about to go take his own life and he's on like what they're calling like a sojourn through like southern France to all the places that were sentimental to him. Because they're saying mm -hmm. in cases like this, 98% of the time, the man is the guy who 
kills the whole family and he usually kills himself right there with the rest of the family or a couple days later. And so they're saying, is he on this like sojourn through southern France to like see all the places that meant something to him and his family and then he's going to end it at like the, the town where he was born or whatever and like wander into the woods and take his life? Or is he trying to be caught on all these cameras on purpose to make it look like that's what he's doing but really he's just going to like escape and run away? Right. So now by April 14th, he arrives at this like beautiful coastal town and he used to have this great life and the whole pil- pilgrimage and all that stuff. Yeah. And this is where they discovered his car like 10 minutes after right. searching for him. Yeah. So th- like this is where this is where we are. So and the, and we get CCTV footage of him there too. The camera captures Xavier walking across the parking lot carrying a bag. At the bottom of this sort of carry-all clothes bag, there's a long object. So the investigators think he's got a rifle that killed his family. There, in the bag. So number one, we actually don't get to see the CCTV footage, which makes me crazy that we know it exists and we can't see it. If you can only see the question mark and exclamation points I have, I, know. I have uh, two lines of them. Where is the footage? Because they, someone says he kind of looked to the camera very knowingly that a camera was there and almost like says goodbye in a way. He has this knowing look, but I don't. I can't tell you anything about it. I didn't see it. And that's the whole point. The whole point is to say, like, is he trying to get caught on this camera with a thing that looks like a gun so because he's like where he's wandering is like into what they call like the outback or whatever like he knows this town he knows it really well he's like wandering into the forest and it's either genuine like he's actually going in there to take his own life or he's trying to make it look like he's going in there to take his own life and he's trying to get caught on camera so when the cctv footage like is found by the cops all of a sudden like all of France descends on this area trying to find him. Right. And so this is the question, you guys. Like, this is really the question. Like, because of course we also learn, and this is very reminiscent of the Madeleine McCann episodes, that like, from this place in France, you can be in another country in like 20 minutes. You know, in this area, you can take a boat. The sea is 30 kilometers away. You can take a cargo ship to Faust near Marseille. You can take the highway to go to Italy. You can even take the mountain paths to go to Italy. You can board a train and go to Croatia and start from there. It's totally mind-blowing. You can be in a lot of places very, very quickly. And this journalist is saying to us, like, he wants us to think that he killed himself. And the police believe that he took his own life. But I don't believe it. I don't think that's true. I think we know he speaks English. We know he speaks Spanish. You know, this is where the cop says to us, he's just a bland-looking guy. Like, he can blend in anywhere. They're like, you know what the worst part about this is? And I'm like, the murder of the family (laughs) and the dogs. And he's like, no. Uh -uh. Uh-uh. Stupid woman. No, no, no. The worst thing is that he's just so boring looking that no he can really be anywhere and I'm like but what about those teeth that's, I know that's, that's I know. a distinctive characteristic I know I know and like that's kind of how it ends you guys like we get this on screen text that says he's wanted for questioning in the murders of his wife and four children and he's just fucking out there somewhere I know girl what do you think what's your what's your hot take on this I think he was eaten by the animals you do so you think he went I out do. there and like took his own life I don't know if he took I think he thought maybe he could get away with it and he just wasn't as cool he wasn't as tough as he thought he was because everything about him was a lie I can't imagine like we've learned like even in Maura Murray it's very hard to just like become a new person yeah and I don't really buy all of this connection to nobility and being like rich and successful but like he cleaned everything up really well but I think he couldn't make it through those woods that's that's I don't I don't think he's off in Chicago somewhere I don't think he's in Argentina I don't think he made it through the woods I think that he 
meant to take his own life. I think that was his plan. Like uh-huh. he was like literally not even trying to hide, like using his credit card and driving his own car. And then he wanders into the woods. And I think that he thought he would take his own life, but then I think he couldn't go through with it. I think he's out there. I think he's out there somewhere. You think he just like made it and now like, again, I direct your attention to Better Call Saul. You know how expensive it is to just get a new life? I know, but I'll tell you this on Obsessed with Disappeared, we've covered 13 episodes and two of them people successfully disappeared without money. Like they just, like one woman legitimately did not know anybody was even looking for her. Now granted, this was a little what? bit, yeah, this was a little bit earlier than, it was 2008, this was 2011. So okay. who knows? I mean, I get the sense that he's out there somewhere. I do. And like I googled a little bit and like people think that they saw him. I was telling you this story that there was a woman in Chicago not long ago, like since this episode came out, that because at the end of every episode, it's like if you have any information, yeah. like write us at unsolved.com. And this woman like sent in a picture. She's like, I think I saw him. And the producer, this was in Entertainment Weekly. We haven't seen this photo, but the producer has. And she's like, it looked like him. I mean, it really looked like him. And then, but what do you do? Like send the authorities to Chicago? Like what, how, like, what is the next? St- I'm not saying, I'm just asking like truly what is the next step? Like I how know. do we get this guy if he really was in Chicago? If you were there, would you have the nerve to walk up to him and be like, are you Xavier? No, because that wouldn't get me anywhere. Right. That wouldn't get me anything to just go up and be like, oh, is that you? Like, Right. Cool story though. <laughs> be yeah, great like, for the pace. <laughs> because he'd be like, no. Right. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> You guys, we did Unsolved Mysteries episode three. Oh my God. Oh my God, girl. I love it so much. Yeah, it's terrifying. It's horrible. Like, this is just a really tragic story, and I hate him. And then he's just like, yeah, either he's dead by the animals, hopefully, fingers crossed, or he's in Chicago (laughs) eating pizza with a knife and fork like an idiot. Right. The whole thing about there being no blood at the scene, I got. I need answers for that. Th- yeah, that is an unsolved mystery. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, if you're looking for more fun, join Jillian and I on the Patreon. At the $5 level, you get like 150 full, full, full bonus episodes to download a binge right now. It's all of the series, like All Be Gone in the Dark, McMillions, Tiger King, Lorena, yeah, Jennifer City. Katz. Fear City. Oh, my God. So much stuff there. Uh, Ad-free versions of these episodes. Yep. um, And Our Undying Love. Oh, that too. Isn't that a given? You know what? We should be repeating it more. (laughs) You're absolutely right. Uh, We love you, you guys. I hope that you're enjoying these bonus episodes of Unsolved Mysteries. I'm having fun doing it. Are you, girl? I'm having so much fun. Just giving them just more of us, which no one really asks for. But here we are. (laughs) We just love it so much. Well, I love you, girl. I love you. This is great. So great. And you guys, we love you. And we'll see you. We'll see you on Tuesday for our regular up, you guys. Yes, we'll see you there. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye. You guys, we're recording. Secret. Here's the here's secret. We're recording this in August, but you're hearing this in October. You're sweating now. You're sweating right now, but but in real right now, you're like, are you wearing a scarf yet, do you think? For the sake of the bit. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You guys, it's August and it is so goddamn hot. <laughs> the humidity. Every time I look at the weather on like AccuWeather, the air quality always is poor. I and I'm know. Like, oh God. <laughs> All right, so we're going into this first ad, you guys. We'll be right back, and we're going to get started on Unsolved Mysteries Episode 3, House of Terror, you guys. Have we ever thrown to an ad no. like that ever <laughs> in a zillion episodes? <laughs> are you a radio? Is I know. Z-Morning Zoo? I said no about Z-Morning Zoo. We're not doing it. We'll be right back after this. What? <laughs> I'm thinking about October, you know? I'm just getting happy. You know. <laughs> I'm thinking past August. I'm thinking far away. From Your queens August. came out. Did you hear it? You're thinking past August. 
Meanwhile, I'm like, so we get our coffee, we go to the murder house, and I'm just that bitch. I know. Good luck sleeping. (laughs) 